Welcome to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. On each and every episode, Brian talks with coaches, athletes, and performers in all arenas who are putting into practice the principles of peak performance that will help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, to help you become a master of the mental game, and to help you start dominating the day. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, the Peak Performance Coach here, and thanks for checking out this podcast where we go back into the vault to a session I did in Prague in the Czech Republic to the European Baseball Coaches Association about mental toughness training in baseball. Now, in this one-hour session, you're going to experience me live working with close to 100 coaches at the European Baseball Coaches Association. So we've got representatives from almost every country in Europe. And we're going to break down the fundamentals of the mental game. Now, whether you're a baseball coach or not, you will enjoy this in that there's going to be strategies for success that are applicable to any field, not just baseball. And they're going to be delivered in a very simple, fun, and engaging manner. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for checking out this podcast and make sure that you absolutely dominate the day. Stand up now. Put your hands together and welcome Mr. Brian Kane. Claps so loud, they can hear you all the way back in Texas, which is where I live right now. So one power clap, and now give two, give three. If you want the next step to our game, say, give me the next step. Next step. Give me the next step. Next step, take your right hand over your head like this, left hand out in front. I want you to circle that right hand and go, oh. Very good. If you want the next step, say, I'll take it. I'll take it. Very good. You're going to go from the hand over the head with the fist, the spirit fingers. We call these spirit fingers. They're still going. Oh! Very good. Now, if you want the big finish, say big finish. Big finish. Here's the big finish. You're going to go from spirit fingers. You're going to slap that fist, and you're going to go dominate the day with a fist bump. Let's try that. Put it all together. Put it all together. One bar clap. Before you sit down, let's play a game. It's called the mirror game. What's it called, the Mirror, mirror game. game. Called the Mirror the Game. Mirror Game is very simple. Make the move that I move. Make the move that I do. So we're going to start with your hands on your hip. On the count of three, I want you to step forward with your right foot, and then I want you to go boom. Here we go. One, two, three. Boom. Very good. Next move is going to be the block. You're going to step forward with your hands in an X and go ska. Here we go. One, two, three. Ska. ska. Very good. And the final move, we're taking a page out of the Karate Kids playbook. Who knows this move? We're going from here, on the count of three. Here we go, one, two, three. I want you to find a partner and get back to back. You got five seconds. Find a partner and get back to back. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, now, where's your partner? You have to guess which of those three moves, the boom, the ska, or the that your partner is going to do. You're going to spin around and guess which move you think they're going to do. So, Lee, come on up here, let's give a demonstration. You're going to guess. So I think I know what move he's going to do. I think I know what move he's going to do. On the count of three, we spin around and guess. One, two, three. Boom! On the count of three, spin around and guess which move your partner's going to do by making that move. Here we go. One, two, three. Boom! All right, one more time. 
one more time. Here we go. One more time. One, two, three. Go. All right, very good. Give yourself one power clap. Give yourself two. Give yourself three. Now, here's my question for you. Is baseball a mental game, yes or no? Yes. yes. So if you think baseball is 10% mental, take a seat. 20% take a seat. 30% take a seat. How about 40? 50% go ahead and take a seat. Okay? First people are down. 60% take a seat. 70% take a seat. 80% take a seat. 90% mental take a seat. 95% mental take a seat. We got no other things. It's 100% mental because the laws we just cross our legs, burn some incense and shit, and we win games. It doesn't work that way. You actually got to go out and do the work. But baseball is largely a mental game. And in this session, what I want to do is I want to share with you aspects of the mental game that you can take back to your programs and you can use. Now, in 2002, I had the chance to be, to be in Europe for eight weeks in um, Appledore and Holland working Rover 58 for eight weeks in the summer. I loved it. And the thing I love about what you have with European baseball is that you have, your, you have your clubs where you have the kids from the time that they're six years old and they start playing until they're done. And I want to share with you a system that you can take and use to help train the brain just like you train the body. All right? So, a couple of parts to that system is understanding the difference between thoughts and actions. Now, who wants a free copy of my book, So What Next Ditch? Who wants a free copy? Who would like a free copy? If anyone wants a free copy, it's right here for you. Who wants that free copy? Who wants a free copy? Bang. All right, lesson learned right there. This would be the first note for you to take down to share with your athletes. Thoughts determine what you want. Actions determine what you get. Thoughts determine what you Want. Actions determine what you yeah. get. Very nice. So as much as we think the mental game is about thought process, we're going to talk about action. Because A-C-E, please write this down, ACE. Like if you go to the casino tonight and you want to get a couple ACE cards, yeah? ACE. Action changes everything. So how do we put the mental game into action? As a former college baseball coach at Cal State Fullerton in 2002 and three, I would go to the ABCA convention. When I go to those conventions, I'm looking for things I can take and do immediately. How many of you are in that same boat? Okay, Because I can sit here, and we can talk about psychology research, but I don't think that's what you want. You want things you put into action, yes or no? Yes. All right, let's talk about how to put it into action then. I need a volunteer, though. Any volunteer who would like a copy of the book? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Any first guy down here? Oh, winner. Fantastic. <laughs> We're giving you an opportunity. Bill, congratulations. Thank you for coming down. Everybody say hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. Oh, let's get a better job now. Say hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. Now, Bill, here's what I want you to do. I want you to try to balance this baseball bat looking at the top of that bat. Two fingers, top of the bat, ten seconds. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Give Bill one power clap. Very nice. Now, Bill, we're going to change the game. This time what I want you to do is try to balance the bat but look at the bottom of the bat. So two fingers, look at the bottom of the bat right there at that red. Let's count for them. Ready, go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Watch the computer. We're good again. Let's give Bill a power clap, please. One, two, three. Well, how much harder was that task when you were looking at the bottom of the bat versus the top? 
Two or three times harder. A lot harder, right? Yeah. Here's what the metal game is going to do for you. Okay, because that bat right there, it's baseball. It's the same game. It's looking, it's balancing a bat on two fingers. But whether you look at the top of the bat or the bottom of the bat, the game becomes a hell of a lot harder or easier. Yes or no? Yes. yes. And it has nothing to do with the game. It has everything to do with you and your focus and what you're looking at. And the mission of the hour that we have here tonight is to give you the right things to focus on so that you can bring them back to your athletes to focus on. Because how many of you want more from your athletes? Raise your hand and say, I. I. How many of you want more out of this great game of baseball? Raise your hand and say, I. I. Well, here's the secret to getting more. If you want more, you have to become more. If you want more out of your athletes, you have to become more as a coach. You want more out of your program, you have to become more as a coach. If you want more, you have to be more. Be, be more. If you want more, you have to be more. Be more. Please write that down. Builders got these books so up next pitch and a toilet so you can flush it. <laughs> thank you, sir. All right. Thanks. You got it. Thank you. So if you want to become more as a coach, I want to share with you some very simple, what I call effective coaching strategies, strategies that I use every day doing this. I get to travel about 250, 60 days a year around the country and, and spend about three days at a time with, with college baseball, high school baseball programs. I have some individual guys that have gone up through the ranks with me in college. They're now in the big leagues. Matt Carpenter being one of the St. Louis Cardinals. Or if you guys watched the World Series, you saw a left-handed pitcher uh, from the Kansas City Royals, Brandon Finnegan, who actually was in the College World Series in May and Major League World Series, or the College World Series in June, Major League World Series in October. And how do you take a kid who's 21 years old and give him a skill set to help him slow the game down so he can play his best. Here's some of the effective teaching strategies we use to speed up the learning curve. Because how many of you have athletes these days that their attention span is shorter than it's ever been? Raise your hand and say, ah. Ah. So if their attention span is shorter, we have to become better as communicators. Here's a couple strategies. The first one is called callbacks. Called what? That's exactly what it is right there. As you're coaching, you're asking them to verbalize with you. Instead of speaking the entire time, because we call it the attention clock. If we start a stopwatch, at one minute, everything I say after that, unless I've asked you to write something down, raise a hand, clap, use a callback, is wasted. And we're living on a thing called net time, N-E-T. N-E-T, net time. No extra time. So we want to get shit done early, we want to get it done fast, and we want to be effective as communicators. The first way to do that is using a callback, which I'll use with you throughout our time together. Second one is varying your energy levels. Varying energy levels. And there's three energy levels. And you've seen level three energy, which if I were to come in and teach about the mental game with level three energy and stand behind the podium and quote the psychology research and psychology practice that you have to know, how many people would be on board with that? Raise your hand and say, ah. But then you get level five energy where you come out and get guys up on stage and you're engaged. But we know as athletes and coaches, sometimes you're going to take that to that next level. Yes or no? Yes Yes or no? That's why level eight energy. But if I'm going to sit here and teach for an hour with level eight energy, that's going to get awfully annoying. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay? So what we've got to do is we've got to be able to vary our energy levels. Level three, level five, level eight. And how many of you want programs that play with energy? Raise your hand and say, ah. Ah. We're going to talk about exactly how to do that. The third one is called the 30-second drill. It's one of my favorites. Learned it from my mentor, Dr. Ken Revisa. How many people have read the book Heads Up Baseball or heard Ken speak before? Okay, I spent two years as Ken's graduate assistant, getting him lunch, driving him to the airport, checking his email, doing whatever I could, just one time with Ken. And this is one of the best things that I learned from him. 
is when you have to make an important point, ask for energy and attention. So throughout our seminar today, when I want to make an important point, I will ask you to give 30 seconds of total undivided attention. When I do, I'd like you to sit up straight in your chair, your feet flat on the floor, and your hands on the lap of the desk in front of you. So practice, 30 seconds, sit up straight. Sit up straight, sit up, sit up, sit up, not stand. So sit up straight. Feet flat on the floor, hands left in front of you. Eyes and ears locked in here. Not spending time, because champions don't spend time, we invest time. Big mindset shift from spend to invest. 30 seconds. Ready, set, go. Gentlemen, for a short period of time, you can do absolutely anything you want with your levels of attention, energy, and focus. Right now, the focus in this room is totally different than it was just 10 seconds ago. That is what being in the present moment and playing the game one pitch at a time is all about. Our goal is to play the game one pitch at a time. Play the game how? One, one pitch, pitch at a time. time. And you do that being in the present moment. Being in what moment, though? The present, present moment. You're there right now. Well, that's 30 seconds. Space up. Space up. Go back to sit now. You're Now, how many people have heard of Alan Yeager before? Alan Yeager said something that, I, that hit me home, and, and he said, hey, when you do the 30-second drill, he goes, a straight spine is an alert mind. A straight spine is an alert mind. So as coaches, make sure you have eye engagement from your athletes, and make sure that they're standing big. Two words to write down, get big. Get big with your body language. Never allow your athletes to show weakness, especially when we're conditioning. The only strength conditioning coaches are in the room right now. Okay? We never allow hands on knees, never allow hands on hips. If that happens in our program, we're trying to create a mindset of toughness, a mindset of aggressiveness, and a mindset of bulletproof confidence. And part of that is we never show weakness. And where I learned that was from working in mixed martial arts fight. How many guys are familiar with UFC, Ultimate Fighting Championship? They never in training, they never allow guys to put their hands on their knees and run their hips to sign weakness. We always get big. They always get what? Big. Big. Well, one more time with a callback. Give me level 8 energy callback. You always get what? Big. Big. That's much better. Thank you. Next one is using mental imagery. Mental imagery. Asking people to close their eyes and get a picture in their mind of what they want them to do. Use this a lot with athletes who might be injured. Take, for example, the athlete who uh, can't roll his ankle, so can't run the bases in practice. We'll go out and have him get to first base during a batting practice drill, and when the ball's hit, He'll just take an initial step that way. He won't move, but he just say, go. Or if it was a line drive, he might say, freeze, go. And he will visualize and take it as far as he can. We call that extend the rep. What's it called? Extend the rep. So, for example, on the third base, then we got no one at first base and fielding fungos from Tim. He hits me a fungo. Most places will pick it up. We'll lob it back into home plate. How do we extend the rep? Very simple. I field it. I get in position. I take my shuffle step like I'm going to first base. I may even hard arm fake. Because if your guys don't hard arm fake all the time, you're not likely to use it in the game. So have them do a hard arm fake the first and then throw it back in. Or at least have them field it, get in position, come set with their arms, and then throw it back in. Third one, the fifth teaching strategy is to ask questions. Here's a great one to write down. The power lies in the question asker. The power lies in the question asker. As coaches, we know it doesn't matter what we know. It matters what our athletes know, and more importantly, what our athletes do. So the power lies in he or she who asks questions. Many times as coaches, like at Cal State Fullerton, we went to the College World Series in 2001 in Omaha. Has anyone been there before? I get a chance to go. It's fantastic. Uh, and, and we're there, and we're playing Nebraska in the first game, and there's 25,000 Nebraska fans there, and you can't hear me uh, for me to cross stream as loud as I can. 
So we had to get better. Instead of always telling our third baseman where to be or telling our shortstop where to go, asking them, hey, where are you supposed to be right here? This guy's a dead out hitter. Where are you supposed to be? So ask the question. It slows it down. It slows down the teaching a little bit in the beginning, but where's the payback? Long term on the backside. And that's what we're going after. Or a great, a great way to say it is it's called delayed gratification. Talked about earlier sitting in the coaches being was awesome. People talking about competitiveness and mental toughness. Here's largely what I think mental toughness is. Delayed gratification. Put off what you want in the moment for what you want most. Put off what you want in the moment for what you want most. And then do a little a lot versus a lot a little. Do a little a lot, not a lot a little. And I want to give you some strategies so that you can do a little a lot every day with the mental game. Instead of taking an hour once a week, which you can do, or instead of taking five hours once a month on a Saturday to go over everything in the mental game, break it up into 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day. We'll show you how to do that. Other effective coaching strategies. I think one of the best ones you can use as a, as a baseball coach is a stopwatch, especially where you're not getting a lot of good outside competition against a high level. How do we then make that high level happen in practice every day? Stopwatch. So if we know a good runner, Tim, good runner down the first baseline of the big leagues is what, 4-2, 4-3? Yeah, 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 4-2, 4-2 is that Okay, so we're playing, so 4-2 is the magic number. But well, we want our guys to play fast. So we're going to play at 4.0. So every time there's a ground ball hit, there's two people, if, if Tim's the shortstop and I'm behind him, every time the ball's hit, i got a stopwatch behind him. I start it when the ball's hit, I stop it when it gets to first base, I hand him the stopwatch so he can see the time. 4-4, four, four, not good enough. Next guy goes. Or he can stand back there as a coach and just read off time. And we call what we call 4.0 scrimmage. Or we, might, we might even play an inter-squad scrimmage and the shortstop fields it. we got Brian Kane on him, he's a five-flat runner. We throw it over to first base, 4.8, the guy's out. Put in the scrimmage, I'm safe because it wasn't under 4.0. Does that make sense? So a stopwatch, we use it for many things. And, and measurement is motivation. If you want motivated players, competitiveness in practice every day, start measuring and posting the results. That's the biggest thing I've seen. Like at Vanderbilt, I've been a part of Vanderbilt baseball some years more than others since 2007. David Price was a junior there, was national player of the year. And everyone always says, because Vanderbilt just won the national, baseball national championship, and Tim Corbin, their head coach, He's one of the greatest coaches I've ever been around in any sport. And they say, what's different about Vanderbilt than, than, than other programs? And the biggest thing I would say is the amount that they measure and post. Every day you walk in there, you see what your quality at bat percentage was for the entire year. And they're, whether they're playing an outside competition against Florida or they're playing inter-squad scrimmage on a Tuesday, it's all posted and put up there because we value one pitch the same, whether it's a Sunday in the ninth inning of an SEC game or it's a Tuesday inter-squad scrimmage. We want our athletes to always play that way. Here's a great term to write down. We want them to be one-pitch warriors. Be what? One-pitch warriors. One-pitch warriors. You got it. So other things that we measure. Uh, we measure the catcher's throw down the second base between innings. We measure when uh, our runners are coming out of the box, home to first base every time, to see if they're giving us the best effort. Uh, on and off the field, when the third out's made. Why we get on and off the field is important. Uh, it throws around after a strikeout. So if there's a strikeout, we've got six seconds, and it's going to be varied for every level that you're at. But we want to get the ball around the horn, back to the pitcher, and back to your position under six seconds or less. After, after an out at first base, it's five seconds or less. And then we measure ground balls like we spoke about. All right, million-dollar question. 
Because yeah, I think one of the unique things you get in the EBCA is that you get some exposure to really good baseball minds. And here's the question, as a, as a young coach, I always struggle with, hey, if I see Phil Jackson, a basketball coach at a hotel in Vegas, what do, you, what do you go up and say to him if you want to pick his brain and get the best information right away? Here's the question. I call it the million dollar question. It's what do you know now you wish you knew then? What do you know now you wish you knew yeah. then? I had a chance to ask Harvey Dorfman this question. Harvey was a sports psychologist in Major League Baseball for a number of years. Uh, he's wrote six books on the metal game. Fantastic author, fantastic human being. Passed away in 2010. Got a chance to meet with Harvey and ask him the million dollar question before he passed. I said, Harvey, what do you know now you wish you knew then? Because there's only three steps people need to know to improve. If you want your athletes to improve, you want to improve as a coach, there's three steps you have to follow. Number one, build awareness. Build what? Awareness. Awareness. Awareness is knowing your surroundings, knowing what's going on inside of you, knowing what to do, having a high level of awareness. Number two is having the right strategy. Putting the right strategy into play. My goal is to give you as many strategies as possible so that everybody in the room can take something home with them. And the third one is you actually got to do the work. You got to put the strategy into action. So awareness, strategy, action. Many times we might get a drill, but we don't know why the drill is important. We don't have an awareness, so we don't use it. We have to always know why we're doing what we're doing with the awareness, know the strategy and put it in play, and then put it into action. Let's talk about first how to fall short of your potential as a coach and with your players. Because there's three types of coaches and three types of players. And I want you to speed up your learning curve as quickly as possible. I spent a lot of time as the dabbler. Right? The dabbler starts off and they, they have some success and then they hit a plateau. Once they hit the plateau and things get hard, they quit. How many of you know people that are the dabblers and they're trying something different every day? Right? They don't stick with it. They're, they're searching instead of trusting. I'm always searching for my swing instead of trusting the work that I've put in. And it's going to show up. Second one, this is where a lot of you may be, I spent a lot of time in my life there, and unfortunately I resort back there a lot, is it's called the achiever. And the achiever starts off, and they, hit a, they have success, and they hit a plateau, and they go, all right, baby, let's strap it on. They start working 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 hours a day. They're not working out anymore, taking care of themselves, because they don't have time. They're eating like shit, not working out, working 20, 22 hours a day. If you're a minor league strength coach, you live here a lot. And then guess what? Then you have some success, and then all of a sudden, it happens again. And that's a bad way to do it. There's a better way. Do you want to know the better way, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Right, here's the better way. The better way is called the master. Pursuing mastery. So what mastery is, is simply finding, as you hit that plateau, it's finding a mentor. Finding someone who has been where you want to be or is, is where you want to go. For me, men's mentors have been Harvey Dorfman, Ken Revisa. Dr. Rob Gilbert, Tim Corbin, Jim Schlossnagel, Augie Garrido, Ray Tanner, Skip Burton, some of, the, some of the best minds in baseball. And the only reason I consider them mentors, the only reason they've ever given me the time of day, is simply because I asked. You see, if you don't ask, the answer is always what? No. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. Always, always no if you don't ask. So while I'm here, please ask anything that I can do to help you, I'm all in. And as I came over here, I packed two big suitcases of books and DVDs and everything I could get at my house to bring over here because I wanted to leave as big an impact as I could. 
And I think there are five euros on the table here and out front. Take as many as you can back with your program. That simply was my cost to get them over here. There's no charge to you. I just want you to take material home so that you can grow and do a little A, lot, do a little lot. So anticipate, find mastery. How do we get mastery? Reading books. How do we get mastery? Listening to podcasts. Does anyone here know what a podcast is? Fantastic. I I just started a podcast in baseball. Uh, that I'm gonna, I want to share with you so that you can listen to me, interview some of the great people that I get the chance to be around every week. It comes out on Wednesday. Hopefully that becomes part of what we call Automobile University. Because when you drive in your car, it's a great time to get better as a coach. Listen to an audio book, listen to a podcast, because we're all on net time. What's net time? No extra time. No extra time. So you've got to find ways to maximize that time. All right, let's talk about the four stages to acceptance or the four stages to buy-in. Because I know it's coaches sitting in a room like this, maybe not you because you're the elite of the elite, but often there's coaches that come in and they go, a mental game and a shit ain't for me. Or you have players who are going to say, vision training, that ain't for me. Mental game, not for me, coach. I just want to play. Well, here's the four stages they go through. And you have to know where you're at, and you have to know where your athletes are at to go move them along. Stage one is it ain't for me. Not into it, this ain't for me, man. I ain't into a coach. Second step is, well, that might be okay for others. Might be okay for others. And the fastest way I move people to say it's okay for others is I show the results. Three ways. If you want to be an expert as a coach, here's four R's you have to master. This isn't an empowerment. Four R's to master to be an expert and respected authority as a coach. Number one is you have to be a researcher. You have to know what other people are doing. Be a researcher. Number two is you have to be a reporter. You have to be able to communicate clearly. And nowadays, you have to be able to communicate with social media, through video, through writing, and speaking. The third R is get results. Get results. Most people don't like to talk about results. I don't like to talk about results because you don't want to stand there and talk about you because it's not about you. It's about the audience. So, so results. 500 players drafted, 40 in the first round. So what? what? What difference does that make for you? We'll figure it out. And then... The fourth R is relationships. Relationships. Because coaching is a, is, a, is a game of relationships. I think many times as coaches, we go sailing the wrong ships. We go looking for championships before we go investing in relationships. If you invest in relationships, the championships will take care of themselves. Does that make sense? All right. And then the third step, and this is where I'm hoping you get here tonight, is you say, I'll try it. I'll try some of these mental game activities. I'll try a ring toss with my athletes for my vision. <coughs> then the fourth step, and this is what the feedback I get from most, most coaches after one year, is they get done using the system, look back and go, man, that was way easier than I thought it would be, and I can't believe I ever did it any other way. Because really what we're talking about here from mental game, and I'm not a psychologist. My, my background was in physical education, exercise science, and applied sports psychology. I consider myself a coach of the mental game. Not a psychologist. So let's talk about exactly how to do that. All right, four stages of commitment. Again, everybody goes through with your players. Once they've accepted, okay, I'll try it, here are the four stages they go through. Number one is I think it's a job. Baseball is a job for me. Two is i got to go do work. It's one of the terms I hate hearing the most. Let's go do work. It's like digging a ditch. The third one is I want baseball to be a career. And ultimately what we want to get to is you are a man or a woman on a damn mission. Has anybody seen the movie The Lone Survivor? I don't know if that's come out here. About Marcus Luttrell and the Navy SEALs going around Operation Red Wing. 
and how when they, you, they leave as a Navy SEAL, maybe the most elite, mentally, mentally trained people on the planet, they go over and they're on a mission. Well, here's how you get on a mission as a coach. You get reconnected to your mission. Here's how we get our athletes reconnected back to our mission. And it's a lot like driving a car. Right? For, how many of you have an iPhone? If you're driving with an iPhone and using the GPS, and you make the wrong turn, it doesn't go, doom, doom. You're such an idiot. I can't believe you made a wrong turn. Here comes a bridge. You might as well take a hard right off the bridge. No, it just says what? Doom, doom. Recalculate. Or reroute. And that's what we're constantly in pursuit of, is how do I reroute my athletes back to the right mindset? How do I reroute myself as a coach back to the right mindset, back to being as motivated as I've ever been? But your mission is fueled by your why. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to please take one minute. And you know, I want you to just, whatever comes to you first, I want you to write down, or if you're not writing things down, I want you to think about, why do you coach this game? Go ahead.
Stop by this place called the Penguitarium. And the Penguitarium, who lives there? Penguins. All of a sudden, I'm walking around, this dude comes up from behind me. Creeper. Penguin or man? It was a man. Man came out. I think it was a man. It was like a she-man. I don't know. Comes up behind me. Says, excuse me. Are you the dominator? I thought, holy shit. <laughs> what? I don't know how to take that, but I mean, did, you mean I wrote the book, The Daily Dominator, and he goes, dude, I've seen it, man. You get people to eat fire, break boards with their head, bend rebar? Dude, I need your help. <laughs> I'm going, this guy's crazy. Right? International science for crazy? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. This guy's crazy. But I made the mistake, and I said, yes, I'll help you. I should have said what? No. But I mean, maybe not know, but at least get more information. What do you want help with? <laughs> he goes, dude. You better get our penguins to fly. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, this guy wants penguins to fly. I said, all right, let's go. I'm going to do anything kind of guy. I'm in, let's go. So he brings me over to the penguinarium, blows out this whistle that was like three feet long. I want you to blow a whistle as loud as you can on the count of three. One, two, three. All the penguins come waddling over. Everybody waddle for me, please. Penguins come waddling over. And some of you are too cool to waddle. Come on now. Remember the captain of the Titanic? They were too cool too, and we don't have them there. Everybody waddle away. So the penguins come over. I said, Penguins, give me power flaps. They're giving power flaps to the wings. And I said, Penguins, do you want to fly? And they said, Yes. I said, Penguins, do you want to fly? Yes. Do you want to fly? Yes. I said, If you want to fly, you only got to know two things. Number one, you have to flap harder. Number one, you have to what? Flat you have to what? Flap harder. I said number two, you have to believe more. You have to what? Believe more. So we started chanting, flap harder. Believe more. Level five, flap harder. Believe more. Level eight, flap harder. Flap harder. Believe more. Believe more. Next thing you know, a penguin climbs up on top of the ladder and goes, I'm in, man. Let's go. Does the sign of the cross. Jumps off, flaps his wings, hits the ground like a ton of bricks. So what the penguins are doing? Believe more, flat part, believe more, flat part. Start cheering them on, right? Penguin comes back over, climbs back up on the rump. On the count of three, I want you to flap your wings and make the sound of the penguin flapping his wings. Play with me. One, two, three. <laughs> Hit the ground again. The energy just got sucked out of the room. And all of a sudden, one of the penguins goes, Holy shit, it's crushed! He's flying! He's flying! Look, it's crushed, man! He's flying! Crushed and flying all over the place, man. Excited, going to the bathroom everywhere. He's so excited, he's flying over people, just penguin droppings. All of a sudden, though, the next thing that happened is because one guy learned to fly, what happened? Everyone else flew. One guy learned to fly, everyone, all the other penguins flew. Sometimes it takes just one. You might take that one guy to get the college scholarship, or that one guy to get drafted that shows the path, because there's a path that you're trying to figure out. We're, we're always ironing out a path to what's going to work for us. And part of that is believing more and flapping harder. But when I was several hours over with the penguins that day, they made one critical mistake. And if you make that mistake, you're not investing time. Shit, you're not even spending time. You're wasting time. Do you want to know the mistake the penguins made? Yes or no? Yes. Do you want to know the mistake? Yes or no? Yes. yes. I do it. Stand up, please. Now, as they're standing up, we're going to play a simple game. Simple game. I want you to find a partner, and with your partner, when I say one, I want you to give a high five with the right hand. Here we go. One. One. Uh, when I say two, I want you to give a high five with the left hand. Two. Two. One. Two. One. Two. One. Two. 
see you. Give yourself a power clap. skills and the tools to fly home when we leave this conference. So here's what I want to give you, okay? If you go to briancane.com slash baseball, I'm going to give you a digital copy of my book, The Daily Dominator. It's one page a day to read that you use with your team. I'm going to give you my Monday message where every Monday I send an email, most of the time related to the mail game of baseball. Sometimes it's about business or coaching or life. Every Monday, you're going to get an email from me so we can stay in contact. When I came over here to Appledorn back in 2002, I didn't, have, I didn't have a weekly email that I sent out. And I don't communicate with a lot of those people anymore. And that, that bothers me because I care about those people. It bothers me because once I have a chance to work with you, I want to maintain and be a mentor for you, like hopefully you'll be a mentor for me for the rest of our lives. That's why I got in this game. Why do I coach? I want to have a positive impact on other people. I want other people to be able to coach the skill set that I wish I had when I was a player. Played Division I college baseball, I was focused on the bottom of that bat my entire life. Getting drafted instead of winning this pitch. Getting the guy out instead of making the pitch. What my coaches and teammates thought instead of focusing on what I could control. And I was terrible in college. Not because I wasn't skilled, not because I didn't work hard shit, man. I was like Happy Gilmore in the cage, taking 90 miles an hour fastball off the head, working hard, but not working smart. So we have to work smart, not hard, if we're going to progress. And then I'm going to give you my pride program, which is one day a week video that either you can watch and then go teach the lesson to your team, or if you have an iPad or an iPhone or a place at your club where you can plug into a TV, you can show a 15 to 20 minute video once a week and then have a discussion about it. So here's where you're going to go. BrianKane.com slash baseball. Please write that down. Okay, when you go there... There's a, you can, you're going to sign in right here. Your first name, your email, and then please put down either put down EBCA. EBCA. Because when you put EBCA, I'm going to know where you came from, and I'm going to send you other things. Because when I speak at the ABCA in Orlando in January, people will sign up here, but I don't want to send them the same things I send you guys. Okay? Here's the, money, here's, the, here's the daily dominator. So, for example, you'll see it's really simple. Today, November 7th, what was the mindset we were trying to create? Will beat skill every single time. And it's a really short one-minute-a-day investment into the mental game. And then here's what we call a sign of success. This is at Western Kentucky University where they post the mindset that they want in their dugout. So it could be don't count the days, make the days count. It could be get big. Here's what I want, you, I want to ask you. If you look at your notes from Dr. Labby, from Tim, or from my session today, I want you to look through your notes right now and please write down what would be one that we call sign of success that you could hang in your dugout to help be an effective reminder for your athletes of something you want them to think, of a mindset that you're trying to create, or maybe one for you. So please take one minute. Go ahead and write down what would be that one sign of success that you would hang up.
All right, can I hear from two people about the sign of success, sir? First name? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Give Arnie. Everybody say hi, Arnie. Yeah. Hi, Arnie. Give on the person. 100%. Bang, there you go. All out, all the time. Thanks, Arnie. First name? Richard. Everybody say hi, Richard. Hi, Richard. Richard. Okay. Team means together, everybody achieves more. Together, everybody achieves more. Fantastic. Let's give them one power clap. Two. I'll shut it down there. Very good. <laughs> so, with the Daily Dominator, you can open this up on your phone uh, as a PDF in iBooks. And I'm going to send you videos as well about how to do all this stuff. Easy. So, here's the Pride program. In the Pride program, I was very much inspired by John Wooden's Pyramid of Success. And everyone always say, hey, Dan, are you working, you're working in the mental game, man, teaching sports psychology? What are the skills that you teach athletes to have? Well, I got tired of trying to explain myself all the time, so I just created a visual. Because how many of you have athletes that are visual learners? Okay? So, in our system for mental conditioning, we just talk about establishing a championship culture, which we'll touch on tomorrow, and then identifying factors of the strategies that we have to start, stop, and continue to help us get where we want to go. There's a video about all of these different elements, living in the present moment, focusing on the process, having a championship perspective. Staying positive, knowing how to prepare, having performance routines, being able to relax and recover, having athletes that are responsible. What does it mean to be responsible? It means when you get knocked on your ass, you choose your response. It means you're able to bounce back up. You have response ability. You recognize, release, and refocus. How to, how to inspire and motivate. How to use mental imagery as a training tool. And then how to test for intelligence and, and get people to know that knowledge Minus action equals nothing. This would be a good sign of success. K minus A equals zero. Knowledge minus action gets you what? Nothing. Very good. Have discipline, dedication, and then that commitment to excellence. There's a video on each of those. Here's an example of what it will look like. Simply play it on your phone or your iPad or a laptop for your team. One video a week in pride, once a day in the Daily Dominator. That simple. Monday message. This last week was about... Uh, Jim Schlossnagel, the head baseball coach at TCU, talking about the mental game, and I put a video in there that they created called Quiet Confidence. Has anyone seen that video? It's going viral over a million hits. Awesome video. Uh, but that talks a lot about their programs, where every week that's the sort of email that you'll get from it. Now, if you get that Monday message and you reply to it, I do get those replies, and I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. You're also going to get a PDF document that's going to have about 100 different signs of success. So things like get big, like 100%, like team, together everyone achieves more, focal points, all those different things, those are in there. The way you would use uh, some of these signs of success is simply every day, hang one up in your dugout before practice. And then talk about it for one minute of practice. So every day you're working on that different mindset. For example, here's uh, TCU, Brandon Finnegan, the pitcher that, that went from the College World Series in June to the Major League World Series of the Kansas City Royals in October. Here's a sign of success that Coach Schlossnagel hangs up in his dugout every single day to remind his players to have an attitude of gratitude. Please write that term down. Attitude of? Gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. He says, we want how one word, if you use one word, you can change your life. One word can, can change the meaning. Think about this. I have to go to the weight room. I get to go to the weight room. I want to go to the weight room. One word can change an outcome. So turn your half-tos, let's say, into want-tos. Turn your half-tos into? Half-tos into? I'll give you level 8 energy. Come on. Half-tos into? Very nice. And here you can see, again, at TCU, they've got trust your routine, 
focus on the next 200 feet, and they've got a picture of Pete Rose. That's how he wants his players to play. Not gamble, that's how he wants his players to play. <laughs> Let's talk about this next 200 feet mentality for a minute. Everybody take your hand, put it on the steering wheel like you're driving that car, right? And the car you always wanted. Because we're driving that car, man, we're driving down the street. Can we drive all the way from Prague over to Amsterdam or to Rome? Can we make that trip in our car? Yes or no? Yes, yes but we're leaving right now and it's completely dark. Can we still make the trip? Yes or no? Yes, yes because we have a thing called a lights. Here's what headlights let us do. Headlights don't let us see from Prague to Rome. Headlights let you see the next 200 feet of the road. And all you have to do is a coach. What you have to outline for your players is what's that, you can put your hands out. What's that next 200 feet? What's the next 200 feet of the road that we got to drive? Today's meeting. 200 feet is not the social. It's not where you're going to go have beers, although that is important. What's most important is what we're doing in this meeting right here, right now. That's the next how many feet? That's the next 200 feet. So lock in your focus 200 feet at a time. Question? Yeah. Uh, do you, through the years, I don't know how long have you been doing this? 2000, 2001. Okay, so around 15 years. Yeah. Have you seen any changes in the youth where they now more into instant feedback sort of that they, they can't wait to the, they want it to happen at 50 feet yeah. or to, to that well I, I think there's a couple books I recommend that you check out one is by a guy named Tim Elmore called Generation IY and it's about this generation another one is called The Millennial Method by a college baseball coach named Jason Schreiber S-C-H-R-I-B-E-R and they talk about this is the video generation so if, you're, you're, if you have children that are, you know, 10, 15, maybe even, they were born with what in their crib? Damn cell phone. Yeah. Right? They've been on a cell phone their entire life, and guess what? They don't need you as a coach. Why? Because they can ask Siri the question. <laughs> so they, they're the information generation. That's generation I. They can answer the question on their own. And they have to know why we're doing everything. But let's think about it. As a coach now, you get players that are going to ask you why more than you ever have in the past. Yes or no? Yes. In the past, it was like, go run through that wall. Yes, coach. Now it's go run through that wall. Why? When I can go around it. And the reason, the reason why they will ask why is they want to know. Because they can answer the question. But here's the benefit of them asking why. And they should be asking why. And you should be able to tell them why. It goes back, it goes back to what Dr. Lavin said about you got to know the research. you got to know why you're doing what you're doing before you do it. But if they know why, does their motivation go up or down? Uh, so let's start teaching the why and the motivation will go up. But yes, I think today's generation, they're more video-based, shorter attention spans. Here's, here's what the Millennial Method book is all about. It was a college, a college baseball coach at Alvin Community College in Texas, one of the top community college programs in the country. He got tired of saying the same thing over and over again to his team. So he would teach a concept. Getting around the ball and getting your momentum going towards first base is a shortstop. And once he taught the concept, he said, in the next 24 to 48 hours, I need you as my middle infielders to do an instructional video on your iPhone and send it to me so I can watch you teach. And he quoted a stat that said, you know, when, when you hear something, often we forget. When we do something, often we remember. But when we teach it, it's part of us. And he said, and I think it was Carol Dweck in the book Mindset where she mentioned about when you teach something, your retention is around 90% because you have to teach it. And nowadays, with all the cell phones, like when I work with the hitters on routines or pitchers on pitching routines, I'll teach for about 20 minutes, let them go play on, on their own for about 10 minutes, and I'll say the next 24 hours, videotape your hitting routine, send it to them. Then I'm watching. And I might give them feedback, or I might just say, that's awesome, good work. 
I might say, hey, you got to make sure you finish your breath before you get involved. Be more specific to that. Todd Whitting, what they do at TCU is he has a TV in his clubhouse, and he hooks up a laptop to the TV, and it just rolls through. So every time, this is right above the stairway, every time you walk down a stairway, you see a different sign of success. So every day you go down that stairway ten times, you might see ten different pieces of mindset we're trying to create. And as you look at that sign, you have to say to yourself, what does that mean? Here's a huge part of mental toughness. Acting to feel versus feeling to act. Here's a mistake that we make, and your athletes make. Because they think that they have to feel good to act good. They think they have to feel confident to act confident. And you don't. Here's what they do. Especially if you have softball in your, in your uh, club, it's, it's, it's especially with the female athletes as well. Is they think that they have to feel, and then they act. And what champions have figured out is I don't, I don't put how I feel first, and how I act second, I don't do that. I put how I act first and how I feel about it second. And I always act big. And as I act big, I might catch the feeling. But you've probably heard it said before, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. It's really fake it till you find it. Fake the energy. Fake the confidence until you find it. And then it will show up. Because some days as coaches, you've got you to use all these skills as well. As much as we're teaching you to use them with your athletes, you've got to use them with yourself. Because is energy contagious? Yes or no? Yes. Energy is contagious. And the most infectious energy in your entire program is the head coaches. And you're either an energy sucker or an energy builder. And some people's energy, as we know, is worth catching and others is worth what? Avoiding. So let's make sure we're that energy giver. Let's make sure we're that energy builder every day we walk out there. How are we doing time-wise? Uh, six minutes. Six minutes. Fantastic. How much you want? Uh, as much as I can get. I mean, just leave one minute to get us mentally prepared for the social. Okay. <laughs> practice plans. Here's a way to put down a sign of success on your practice plan here. That's all the University of Houston does. Puts it there, and they work on it. Here's a podcast. Again, I'll send you a video about how when you sign up about how to access the podcast. The last two weeks, I got to interview the head coach at East Carolina, Cliff Godwin, and the head coach at Wake Forest, Tom Walter. Fantastic interviews about how they coach the mental game. And if anyone's on Twitter, uh, you're, uh, is anybody here on Twitter? Is on that? I, brought, I put out I know, two or three tweets a day related to the mental game that you can follow and again share with your team. There's my Twitter handle there, at Brian Campy. All right. How many of you have seen this logo before? Raise a hand. Uh, hands down. Here's how quickly, just like mounting the bat, the build it, here's how quickly you can change your life. And I want to say, say how fast? I want you to snap your fingers and say, that fast. How fast can you change your life? How fast? That fast. How fast can you change your momentum? How fast? That fast. How fast can you change your life by changing your attitude? How fast? That fast. How fast can you change your player's focus from the bottom of the bat back to the top of the bat? How fast? That fast. And how fast will it change their performance around? That fast. Take a look. You're going to change your life in the next 30 seconds. How many of you, if you've seen this logo before, how many of you have seen the arrow inside of that logo? Hands down. How many people have never seen the arrow inside of that logo? Never seen this, Tim? Your life's about to change. How fast? That fast. Take a look at the logo now. Let me know if you see the arrow. There's an arrow right there between the orange E and the orange X. How many people today is the first day you've ever seen the arrow in your life? 
Fantastic. Please lock in. Give me 30 seconds of pulling on vital attention. Please sit up straight in the chair. Feet flat on the floor. Hands on the lap in front of you. Ready? Set. You guys can sit down. Set. Lock in 30 seconds. Ready? Set. And go. The arrow has always been there. You've just never seen it. And now, every day you live, the rest of your life, when you see a FedEx truck, what are you going to look at, though? You can't take your damn eyes off of it. And here's what's going to happen. Tonight, when you go out in Prague, for the next 48 hours, you're going to see more damn FedEx arrows than you've ever seen in your life. You're going to see more FedEx trucks, more pieces of mail than you've ever seen, because what happened to your awareness? It just went what? It went up. It's like when you know the kind of car that you want to get, your next car, you see them everywhere. But you have to always be searching. You have to know what it is that you want. And your mission as a coach, your mission as a coach is to help the young men that you lead find the arrow inside of themselves. And my mission here in the next two days is to help you as a coach see arrows inside of the game of baseball that you've never seen before. Focusing on making practice competitive instead of mechanical. Focusing on the process instead of the outcome. Focusing on quality at bat instead of batting average. Focusing on building champions and then winning championships. And when you do that, you'll give yourself the best chance for success. And tonight, when you're at the social, I want you to go find those arrows inside of all those beers that are out there, and you keep searching the bottom of those bottles until you find them. (laughs) Today's podcast is sponsored by Potential Apparel. Potential Apparel is on a mission to inspire athletes to reach their true potential. If you're serious about reaching yours, then you have to go check them out. They make awesome clothing for dedicated and committed athletes. I'm a huge supporter of what they're doing, and that's why I wear their clothing with pride. Make a statement and join the movement today at PotentialApparel.com. Be sure you use promo code Brian Kane with a space between Brian and Kane for 15% off on your first order. Dominate the day with Potential Apparel. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. Please make sure that you visit briancain.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. And sign up for my Monday message, where every Monday I deliver straight to your inbox videos, interviews, articles, tips, techniques, and strategies that you can use to master the mental game. You can also contact me through my website on our Contact Us page and see my calendar of where I'm going to be in the country and when I'm coming to your area so that we can get together and that we can continue to go out there and dominate the day. This is a production of Corn Belt Sports. The Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast is part of the Top Coach Network.